It's May 22nd, 2019, and welcome to another edition of Bite Marks Cafe, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and innovation. I'm Bert Lum. First up, we've got Ryan Ozawa, Uber Geek. He's going to tell us about the 12th annual Geek Meet. Then we have a team from Iolani School, and they're here to tell us about the Alawai Catamaran and measuring the water quality in the canal. First up, I want to invite you all to Bites and Flights. This is the second annual Purple Maya fundraiser, an event of dinner and demos to benefit the growth of their educational programs for the 2019 and 2020 school year. This takes place on Sunday, May 26, 2019, from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. over at the Bishop Museum Great Lawn, and I will post the link on bitemarkscafe.org later on this evening. Now, I'm happy to have Ryan Ozawa, who, of course, needs no introduction on Bite Marks Cafe, <laughs> but he's back on the show to tell us about the 12th annual Geek Meet. Welcome back, Ryan. Hello, Bert. It's yeah. been a while. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad to have you back. So, this is the 12th. I mean, I got to hand it to you. You've been uh, doing this for 12 years, and... And how has it sort of uh, evolved over time? I mean, I know this is co- probably going to be the biggest one. This is definitely the biggest yet, uh, 40 organizations, and it's just barely contained chaos. And how has it evolved? I mean, it sort of follows the trends and the movement in the community, you know. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Sometimes drones are on front, front of mine, and we had a geek meet where we had 30 drones up in the air at the same time. Sometimes it's robotics, uh, so, you know. Um, and I think that whatever is the interest of the community is what we see there. Now, um, you know, I know that uh, since you've been doing it for so long, there was a point in time when we could fly drones and then we couldn't fly drones, and now you can fly drones That's at right. Alamoana. Excellent. So this year, uh, since last year, Alamoana or Magic Island has been de- become a designated you know, aerial uh, park. Mm-hmm. Um, certainly there are flight height restrictions and such, and mm-hmm. because there are people in the park, there are some types of aircraft you can't fly over people. But there will definitely be drone races this year, the little tiny ones that mm-hmm. sound like angry bees. And uh, there's also going to be Drone Services Hawaii. You have Aloha FPV, different drone groups coming to show off their gear and show off their stuff. And, of course, there's other kinds of uh, um teams and groups coming. They're all bringing their tents and their demonstrations. There's probably going to be robotics. There's going to be Legos. They're going to be the sword fighting, the yep, cosplay absolutely. people. Um, this year, returning is the Society for Creative Anachronism. They're mm-hmm. the, they, are, they are the classic you know, uh, medieval costuming and prop-making group. Um, they're going to be there as well as Colin Chalk, who does medieval fencing, and he's going to do workshops. Um, the Hawaii Saber Academy for lightsabers will be there. So mm-hmm. if you like wielding weapons, that's definitely a good year for you. I would say this year's uh, trend that is really picking up is esports and gaming. So we have uh, Twitch Hawaii, we have Hawaii Stream Team, we have Iolani, and we have the University of Hawaii's esports teams coming to talk okay, about okay. gaming. So how are the esports guys going to be demonstrating anything at the park, Magic Island? Are they going to bring out their computers? Are they going to bring the air-conditioned van? I mean, what, what's that the That would be nice. Uh, the, definitely one of the things about the Geek Meet is it's going to happen outdoors in the sun. Hopefully, well, and then the, the, whole, the whole point for the, the Geek Meet was that geeks are usually indoors and, you know, uh, sheltered from the uh, the element. And right. now this is an opportunity to find out, like, what's it like to be outside? Yes, yeah, so I'm not sure what they're going to be showing off. They're definitely there to talk and answer questions. Um, but you are correct. There were two main reasons that I wanted to do the Geek Meet. One, to prove that geeks do sometimes 
not melt in the sun, and so far no one has, and two, that geeks do periodically find mates and reproduce and have kids. <laughs> so <laughs> they will bring their kids to this event. Oh, as well. very good. Now, another cool thing is the uh, the folks that bring the telescopes on. Now, you would think, mm-hmm. telescopes on a, on a sunny day, what's the deal with that? So are the... The IFA folks come in on? Yeah, or? Institute for Astronomy, Roy Gal. He's going to try to bring those uh, solar telescopes. Mm-hmm. We also have Paul Lawler, who's involved with many, many groups from the Hawaii Astronomical Association all the way down to the Hawaii Geocaching Organization. So if you've never used a classic GPS device, if you've never gone on a treasure hunt using GPS, they're going to actually do a treasure hunt at this year's Geek Meet. Now, you also have had people from the accelerator community come out. Mm-hmm. Have, have uh, any of them expressed interest to Absolutely. To I, I like to consider, I really try to make this the startup paradise picnic. Ah, um, so uh, I try good, to get as many good. to come. The interesting thing is uh, the Purple Maya event is happening the same day but in the evening. Right, so I would right. say come to the Geek Meet, uh, geek out completely, and just when you get sunburned then you can go to the Purple Maya uh, fundraising event at Iolani uh, oh, at, at the, the Bishop Museum. Museum. Yeah, so uh, in, in terms of the um, People that you want to come out to experience this. I mean, there's going to be a lot of people just because the fact that there's a lot of groups that are being invited. But mm-hmm. you want the general public to get out there and check this all out. Absolutely. That's the that's the real hope that in addition to these different organizations meeting each other and collaborating and doing really cool things. Mm-hmm. Like last year, we had mermaids meeting with the robotics team and taking pictures together. You, you wouldn't normally have that combination. We definitely do want it to be a showcase of the creative talents of the community here in Hawaii. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. Uh, anybody can can show up. Can they? Do they have to sign up anywhere? Where nope. they can? Where can they find more information? Whether you are an organization who wants to set up a tent, or you just want to come and check it out, there are, there's no fee. It's happening in a public park, so it'll be on Magic Island on Sunday, the 26th, from 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. Okay, very good. Now I do want to ask you one more thing. Uh, and I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm springing this on you. So, sure. do you want to say anything about the uh, most likely to succeed? Are you going to be developing a podcast? Or I saw a post on social media. Sure, maybe I sure. thought I'd, g- I'd give you a chance to maybe kind of. Give us a teaser on that. Well, very quickly, I'm okay. an old school podcaster, okay. and it always has been my interest to help people start their own podcast, get their voice out there. And there are two really interesting projects mm-hmm. that are brewing. One is with Josh Rippon doing mm-hmm. a Most Likely to Succeed Education Technology Transforming Education podcast. And uh, our listeners might be familiar with the name Beth Ann Kozlovich. Mm-hmm. She is working on developing and launching a podcast focused on parenting and specifically the importance of mental health. So oh. keep an eye out for Okay, those. but what is your role in both of those projects? Uh, evangelist, uh, cheerleader, and technical advisor, I guess. Oh. There's no official titles. <laughs> okay, very good. So, uh, And if people want to keep up with all the things that you're uh, doing, was it, is it the best to friend you on Twitter or yep, you know, Twitter, f- uh, Facebook, Instagram, Instagram? Just at Hawaii is where you'll find me. And again, where can people find out more about the, uh, the Geek Meet? That is at Hawaii Geek. HawaiiGeek.com. Thanks, Ryan, for Thank joining you. us. Great to be back. And, of course, uh, we'll take a short break. And when we return, we'll be joined by the Iolani team who built the Alawai Cat. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors Chaminade University and Hastings and Pleadwell, a communication company. I love Hawaii Public Radio. I listen to it 24-7. I wouldn't do my share to make sure the radio station stays on all the time. I do not want it to go away. I want it to live on forever and ever. And if I can do my small part to make sure that that happens, I'm happy. 
Aloha, my name is Adele Rugg. I live in Kihei, Maui, and I'm proud to be a sustaining member of Hawaii Public Radio. Welcome back to Bite Marsh Cafe. Now joining us are the Alawai Cat Team, and they consist of Tessa Nishida, and she's the project manager. We got Victor Chang, he's the mechanical lead, and Shane uh, Matsushima, and he's the programming lead. They're all seniors over at Iolani School. And uh, also in the studio somewhere is their teacher, Anna Hashiki. She's uh, teaching this class called Advanced Innovation and Leadership, which is where this project came out of. I want to welcome you all to Bite Marks Cafe. Thank, Thank you, you for having Thank us. <laughs> Great. So now, these are the three students that are involved with this Alawai cat or I guess cat is short for catamaran. And I kind of wanted to start by finding out um, what's the genesis of this project? I mean, you know, is there a class to build a catamaran? I mean, how did this really start? And who wants to take that uh, as the I'll, I'll mechanical? It. Okay. Yeah. So um, the the class just started as like a kind of replacement for the AP Capstone project. Mm-hmm. So we basically came together the summer before the school year to brainstorm, decide on a project that we wanted to do. And um, back in 2013, uh, a couple of our faculty members and teachers started uh, this all white cat uh, thing, which their original goal was to make a cheaper, uh, easy-to-build version of like a, a research vessel that UH has. So that's where it originated from, but it hasn't really changed since 2013. So what we saw was to make a version 2 of it that's sleeker, that's more uh, mobile and that like, it's easier to use. Mm-hmm. So that's where like we came in. We kind of took the base idea of a catamaran research vessel and made it better. <laughs> so maybe I'll also give you all a chance to tell us a little bit in more detail what role do you play on this team? And, and this team is more than just the three of you, right? There's yeah. other yes. people. So, so Shane, maybe tell us what uh, your role in this uh, group is. So I'm the programming lead, so I sort of control and manage the program programmers and the aspect of programming so um we have Malu or matthew who's um programming the cat itself and mm-hmm. the autonomous um functions of it and then tessa is working on the website function of it so grabbing all the data displaying it onto a website so people can see it and then i'm uh a part of the buoy sort of data collection um programming aspect where I'm taking data from the Alawai um, using these buoy modules and then sending it over to the website so it can be displayed. Mm-hmm. Now, Tessa, you, mm-hmm. you're the project manager. So yes. were you involved back in 2013? No. Uh, no, I wasn't. Okay, I actually so joined kind of after all of them. They just asked me to um, join the project mm-hmm. as it was they were making the team because they needed extra help with programming. So that's where I came in. And then I also picked up the role of being the project manager because – and with that, I just kind of make sure that everybody is doing what they're supposed to, that we can get the project done on time and that sort of thing. Now, you know, I think, uh, you know, Victor, you said that uh, back in 2013, there was this sort of the vessel was there, right? I mean, yeah. and then, and then uh, it was a collective, I guess, idea to take it to the next level. Yeah. Now, maybe I'll back up a little bit. And you mentioned this capstone class. Yeah. And in a capstone class, it's sort of like a, a senior project, mm-hmm. right? Uh, this is one that, that uh, your your team took on. And 
Remind me how many people were on your team? Uh, we have five people on okay. our team. So then there's other, other students in the class that have taken on another different project. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so in terms of what you folks are, you have a little bit of background in robotics, right? Yeah. You guys came from the, the Elani robotics team yeah. as well. So what do you guys do in terms of robotics? So uh, our robotics team consists, uh, we, we, all, we compete within this organization called FIRST uh, for Inspiration mm-hmm, and Recognition mm-hmm. of Science and Technology. Right. And uh, we have both a middle school team that competes in the FIRST Tech Challenge and a high school team that competes in the FIRST Robotics Competition. And uh, the, we really just um, spend basically all of our time after school just building robots to compete in this competition and doing our best in it. We also started recently um, uh, the outreach project uh, that we coined uh, the term Ignite to. Mm-hmm. And that, that goal was to um, like ignite schools and people and uh, unite them to create like a cohort where we could work with each other, share materials and resources, and just help each other like get better at just anything, really. Mm-hmm. And Tessa, you know the um, – okay, so going back to the Catamaran Project mm-hmm. – uh, Iolani has been collecting uh, data on the Alawai for mm-hmm. many years. Yes. And I know, you know, the, um, uh, Mr. K has mm-hmm. been involved with that for a long time. And in terms of, you know, the project with the Alawai cat, were there previous projects to deliver, have, you know, have either a, a drone delivery of, mm-hmm. of sensors or have another kind of robotic vessel that's going out there and putting sensors in the water. Uh, Mm -hmm. What is different about the catamaran delivering these sensors on the water? Um, I would say what's different about it is just because... So, well, actually, um, I would like to talk about, like, why we decided to build it. So, um, Dr. Chan, who's been on the show before, Mm -hmm. um, she has um, independent research and a conservation genetics class that I'm also a part of. So, we kind of designed the cat for her so that students could be able to use the vessel to research, to conduct their research and the data necessary to do their projects. Okay, so then maybe describe a little in more detail, Mm -hmm. what exactly does the cat do? Um, so the cat is going. The goal of the cat is to drop the buoys at the certain locations, which you mentioned earlier. And so that, um, so I designed the interface for it, mm-hmm. and we have like a, a Google map where you can drop it at specific locations. So I think just knowing exactly where the data come from is kind of what makes the cat a little bit different. So you have uh, specific locations that mm-hmm. you will program the cat to. Drop the sensor. Yes, and and so Shane, I mean uh, Victor, you know, in terms of, in terms of uh, exactly where it gets dropped. I mean, there is some mechanical design, and that's sort yeah. of your uh, uh, expertise. Yeah. So, what 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 kinds of things were you having to consider in terms of how this catamaran actually delivers the sensor? So the way that the well, going to Tesla's like site, the way that it works is like the user actually drops a pin along the all Y and then the cat will go to that location where the pin was dropped. Okay, so to... that's the it's a it's a web interface. You can drop a pin yeah. on the web interface, mm-hmm. yes. but then that's translated to like an GPS actual... coordinates yes. where the cat will try to uh, get to that location mm-hmm. and then uh, drop a buoy module which has the sensors to collect uh, data and then. Um, once it's dropped in there, the cat could either go on to another location that's already pre-programmed or return back. And then we designed the buoy to have a life of about eight hours. So the cat drops it off, then comes back eight hours to collect it. So the 
user doesn't need to do anything. You just drop the cat into the Alawai and it will do it itself. So it's 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 actually operating autonomously. So there's nobody kind of remotely directing it to where the sensor is to actually pick it up. Yeah, our our goal is for the cat to be completely autonomous, but uh, we ran into some like scheduling problems and us not being able to get things done on time. So what we ended up doing was a. Uh, cutting back on like the vision processing and collision avoidance. Mm-hmm. So the cat will still get to its location, but you, you can't avoid anything. So the user has to be there to say, hey, if there's a paddling team coming by and it might hit the cat, the user overrides the autonomous version and uh, avoids that mm-hmm. obstacle. Mm-hmm. So, so Shane, tell me, I mean, kind of, you're the, you're the programming expert on this. What kinds of things do you have to consider when actually writing the program to control all of this? So um, I think the biggest concern that we had while doing this whole entire project, or at least the software aspect of it, was the organization of the data Mm -hmm. because there's so much data being moved around between the catamaran, the buoy, and the website. So um, collectively, we sort of figured out a naming convention. That way we can transmit um, data in between each uh, area. And I think the cool part about our project is, like, instead of using um, cellular um, networking to send data to the website, we're using... um, radio frequencies using um, this sort of module called the LoRa, which stands for long range, which allows us to go like pretty long distances along the Alawai and so have a hub at our school in order to collect the data and then send it over through Wi-Fi. So is the, is the transmission like uh, being on the sensor itself? So are you transmitting from the sensor or is it transmitting to the catamaran and you know, the catamaran gets it back to wherever the, you know, the server is? So the GPS um, information going towards the catamaran and the buoy is being sent over on a sort of like a separate um, processing area, mm-hmm. and the but the sensors itself is being sent over. So there's like two different sort of networks going on where you have the GPS moving around the different systems as well as the um, sensor data moving around as mm-hmm. well. And then do you know what the data rates are? I mean, like how much data are, are you passing back and forth? Um, at the moment, it depends sort of uh, the distance that we're going at. So I think the farthest distance we go, um, last time we tested it, it was we're, like we were taking temperature sensor like towards down the dock by the Alawai. Mm-hmm. And then to our school, it took about like 30 seconds to 45 seconds to get there. But, but depending on the range, like if I'm right next to the system, then I'm getting it pretty um, frequently. And then is the, uh, the, the data, the amount of data isn't probably that great, right? Because sensor data... It's more how many times you're actually sensing as opposed to, you know, like video data, right? Video is like a lot of data, but then it's if it's just sensing temperature data over, let's say, every second, mm-hmm. it's still not a whole lot of data. Is that correct? Um, well, when you first look at it, it doesn't really look like a lot. But if you take it over like that eight-hour period mm-hmm, of time mm-hmm. and then you display it on a graph, mm-hmm. which we're doing with the website, then you can see the change over time of like the temperature dropping, then raising and sort of see the um, the difference um, each day as well. Mm-hmm. And, and so, Tess, mm-hmm. I mean, like, in terms of the uh, kinds of sensors, mm-hmm. what are you sensing the water, temperature, salinity? I mean, what else are you looking for? So we are looking at temperature, dissolved oxygen levels, and pH, I believe. And then what was the other one? Uh, conductivity. Conductivity, yeah. Where do you, uh, uh, Victor, where did you guys find the sensor? I mean, is this something off-the-shelf sensor? Um, or? Yeah, all the sensors were actually bought from uh, Atlas Scientific where they provide, like, some high-end sensors instead of, like, some sensors you find on, like, Amazon. They're actually, like, mm-hmm. really good, and they have, like, a 
like ba- uh, solutions to uh, zero it. So I do, I do want to kind of um, get into a little bit more about the the sensors and how much of this was custom made. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of assuming that some of it was custom, maybe some of it was prepackaged. So we'll hold that thought. We'll be right back after after this short break to continue our conversation with Tessa, Victor, and Shane. And we're talking about the Alawai Cat. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors Bush Consulting, Island Insurance, and Sacred Hearts Academy. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum, and if you're just joining us, we're talking to Tessa Nishida, Victor Chang, and Shane Matsushima. And, of course, we're talking about the Alawai Catamaran. And right before the break, we were talking about some of the sensors. And, and uh, Victor, you're saying that um, all the sensors were, were bought, obviously. Yeah, but, yeah. but you had to decide, like, which uh, were you going to get cheap yeah. sensors, expensive sensors? And, you know, were, yeah. how was the sensors going to fit into the sort of the system integration yeah. of the, the, you know, the catamaran? So how did you guys go about deciding that? Uh, well, we actually got some input from uh, some sources at UH about what mm-hmm. sensors we should use. And to like maintain the high level of data accuracy like the scientific uh, community needs, uh, we came across uh, Atlas Scientific Sensors, which meets those criteria of not being in, uh, extraordinarily expensive, like in the $1,000, but being high, uh, high enough grade that, it's, that it could be used in a scientific community and costing roughly around like $100 at most. So has um, let's see. So as a capstone project, uh, Shane. I mean, how long have you guys been working on? Just one year? Uh, yeah. So we started sort of over the course of summer. So we did a little bit of back, um, background research during summer. We came up with the the, the idea um, last year towards the end of the school year, mm-hmm. and then from the start of this year's school year towards the end of the school um, this year's school year, which is pretty soon, um, we've been working on this project. So, Tessa, you know, as a project manager, uh, how much of this year has been uh, actually collecting data? Uh, and so you have to you have to build this thing, you mm-hmm. have to put it all together, you got to make sure that it works, and then now you're collecting data. So, out of the whole year, how much data have you guys been able to collect? Well, I think actually most of this year has been spent on like dedicated to designing and fabricating the vehicle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then this project is actually going to be continued next year by the two other people in our group who are juniors. And then they're just going to keep working with the project. And then eventually we'll get that large amount of data. But right now it's mostly just getting all of the individual parts to work and making sure that they can come together. Well, see, now, now that's a great lead into the next question that I was going to ask, which is how does this project continue? And is it is it part of a uh, you know like the capstone project and these juniors are they in the capstone class or you know, are they just you know pulled in from the side to have some continuity? Uh, yeah, Victor, uh, when we first pitched this idea to the faculty of the or the teachers in this uh, course, like we originally had the plan of it being two years because we're doing a lot and we already we thought that we couldn't finish it in one year, which. At this rate, we are cutting it really close. <laughs> <laughs> so um, there's two other members in our class and in our group that is uh, uh, that are juniors, and they are planning on continuing it next year as well. So, so you've got juniors in the capstone class? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so so, so it's kind of a mix, uh, yeah, mixed grade yeah. level. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then uh, so they will they will continue, right? Mm-hmm. So they'll be kind of like the seniors. Maybe they'll be a, 
maybe a third senior, but then yeah. they will have, will they have an opportunity to bring a couple of uh, yeah. younger, yes. you know, juniors into the fold? Mm-hmm. And then, and then, so do you, Shane, do you see this thing continuing on bef- be- beyond the two-year period? Um, depending on what they can really come up with to add on to it, um, I, I have, they probably will. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is such a big project, and like, there's so much more you can add on to it. Um, but what we've been striving for is at least that two years. So, so what do you envision as being the, the, the data, and how does that data inform anybody about actions to take? So let's say you go to college, you, you know, you're interested in what's happening at Iolani, you go back you know, to your teachers and say, hey, so how's the Aloha cat doing? And you would expect them to have like volumes of, of data and visualizations and reports that might have been collected over the ensuing years. <clears throat> um, what would you expect some of the reports to indicate? What would you like to see the 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 fruits of this labor show? Um, I think I'll take this question. Oh, okay. <laughs> <But> yeah, <laughs> so, looking at you guys like, yeah. oh, yeah. Yeah. okay. So um, I think for this project, our goal is basically just to provide this source of accurate data that can be used for the different projects going on in like our community. So as I mentioned earlier, like the independent research that we have at our school, we want to be able to we want to allow the students to be able to use our data to like further their research. Mm-hmm. And so like if we were to come back, it'd be nice to see like our data being used in like different reports and like and as you said earlier like informing the community on like action they can take to maintain the all white canal. So, you know, in terms of the the sensors that you've used and the data that you're collecting, uh was there some thought in terms of how that might how did you select the sensors? I mean, how did you select them so that in future generations they can now make some determinations mm-hmm. on the condition of the Alawai? Who wants to take that one? Tess? Tessa? Okay, sure. So um, when we were... So obviously there's like um, this balance you have to strike between like the cost of the sensors and how accurate and versus like how accurate you want them to be. So when we were picking our sensors, we wanted to... We also talked to our teacher about like which sensors would be like the most useful in terms of what she wanted to do with them and how she thought like the students would be able to use it. So it was just finding that balance and like meeting with different people to see like how that can how our data can be used to help everyone. So Victor, I mean, you guys have spent a lot of time uh, doing this. Have you gotten a lot of uh, let's say student interest and student support that that would perhaps carry this thing forward for the next several years? I mean, it would be a shame to come back in three or four years and. The bug is all like all rusty on the side or something. <laughs> yeah, uh, we've actually tested the catamaran in our uh, bo- uh, in our pool area multiple times, and with classes going on, you always see like the uh, middle schoolers like really interested in, uh, really interested in asking like questions on like what it is and what it does. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I, I think there's definitely people who knows about it and are interested and like think it's cool. Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, and. It, you guys are all graduating, right? You've got a couple more days of school, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so real quickly, Tessa, where are you going? So I'm going to the University of Utah, and I'm studying business. Okay, and Victor? Uh, I'm going to Embry-Riddle uh, in Daytona Beach and planning to major in aerospace engineering. And how about you, Shane? I'm going to University of Portland and majoring in uh, mechanical engineering. Oh, cool. So if anybody wants to find out more about what's happening with the Alawai Cat, where can they go? 
So they can go check out the Navaiikolu website, and the URL for that is www.navaiikolu.org. Very good. I'll put that up on our show notes. Tessa Nishida, Victor Chang, and Shane uh, Matsushima, they're all seniors, and they're part of the team of Iolani's Alawai Cat, short for catamaran. I want to thank you all for joining us today. Thank you thank for you. having thank us. You. And of course, we want to thank you for listening to Bite Marks Cafe. Join us next week when we will talk about the Mana Up Cohort 3 Summer Showcase. If you miss any part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org. And if you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to email me at bitemarks at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter. I'm at bitemarks. Our engineer is David Chong. You can catch us on HPR One every Wednesday or anytime via the HPR app, iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. You stay awesome, and we will see you next week on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe.